Welcome to the Understory podcast. We're so excited to share another great company with with you all and talk about sustainable innovation and how to make our world a better place. And today with us is Kabira Stokes. Kabira is the CEO of Retriever, and、uh, we're very excited to talk to Kabira about what she's building and the things that、uh, she's seeing in the industry. Kabira, welcome to our podcast.、Um, just to、Thanks. start, tell us what Retriever does and what、uh, what you're building. Sure. So Retriever, at its base, is a pretty simple concept. We are innovating around the doorstep collection of both clothing and electronics for recycling. So in the way that for many years, paper bottles and cans have been. Uh, you can put those at your doorstep, or put them on your curb, and those will be recycled.、Uh, that has not yet been created for these harder to recycle waste streams, electronics, and clothing. So we have a pilot going on right now with the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding suburbs, where we're figuring out how do we do this? How do we actually increase participation for the recycling rates that are super low for these items? Right? It's 15% of clothing and shoes are recycled. 25% of electronics are recycled. These are unbelievably bad for the environment、uh, in terms of just water usage, CO two,、uh, toxins in landfills. There's some、um, amazing statistics out there about these two waste streams, and I think a lot of people don't think about them at all. But they're, I think, in, in the coming years, they're going to come more and more into our consciousness. So, what we're up to is trying to figure out how do we move the recycling rates on these items, and our answer is that we come and we pick it up from your door. Great. And、uh, tell us more about that process. So, if I'm a resident of Philadelphia and I want to work with Retriever, what what does the process look like? It's pretty simple. You take out your phone and you text us, and you text pickup to to Retriever.、Uh, that'll take you to a web application where it's pretty simple. You tell us who you are, where you where you are, and what you have, and and depending on what the items are. There, there is a, a small fee for service, and if you have some bigger stuff like TVs, there'll be a larger fee. But for the most part, it's a super reasonable fee to come and get these items that you're not sure what to do with. On the electronic side, we only work with、um, uh, certified companies on the downstream to make sure that your data is safe, that,、uh, that things are going to be right by the environment in terms of where they're being processed and how. And on the clothing side,、um, at the moment, I mean, a lot of what we're doing is trying to collect these things. So that we can actually start to build the markets and build the industries around them that'll do what the right things are, and I think it's、uh, it's appropriate to say that we I'm not the founder of, of Retriever. Retriever was incubated by a, a sort of juggernaut of an investment firm called Closed Loop Partners, which is、uh, based out of New York City,、uh, innovating around investing in the circular economy, and they've done just incredible work and. Covid in no way has slowed them down. Just building and building and building and finding the companies out there that are figuring out what to do with the waste streams that are only growing, and figuring out how to how to innovate it and get us back on the right track of having an actual circular economy. And so we believe at Retriever that collection,、uh, actually collecting these things and and getting more and more to be recycled, will allow us to figure out how we recycle better and and bigger. Great. And just to educate our audience, because、um, it's you know you talk、sure. about the waste streams and、uh, you talk about the importance of the beginning of that value chain that that process, which is actually get people to 
know that they can do this. They can mm-hmm. recycle mm-hmm. these items that they probably don't know what to do with. Uh, other than to kind of throw them out. So what's the downstream, uh, you know, what happens when a uh, retriever doesn't exist? Where do these things go? And yeah. for you now, when you pick up these items, whether it's electronics or clothing, um, where do they go in terms of your partners and, and downstream activities? Well, without without recycling, um, unfortunately, the, the bulk of these things end up either incinerated or in landfills. And the disaster on that side, I mean, just a couple of sort of not so fun facts, 70% of the toxins in landfills come from electronics, whereas there's a, they make up about 2% of what's in landfills. So think about that ratio. They're, they do not belong in our landfills, also because there's precious materials in there to be, to be reclaimed and made into new things. Um, on the clothing side, which is, I'm still learning about, my, my background is in electronics recycling, but on the clothing side, the amount of water that goes into making these items, um, the amount of, of CO2 emissions that comes from the shipping and the, the manufacturing and selling and all of it, uh, the, the fashion industry alone is responsible for more CO2 emissions than maritime shipping and all international flights combined. This is just, this is, these are things that we use every single day and we're not thinking about where they come from and we're not thinking about where they're going. So. Um, for the most part, clothing is, is, is landfilled or incinerated. So what we're doing by, and what the industries are on the electronic side, um, the number one uh, goal is to reuse as much as possible. There's so much life left in so many of our electronics. Maybe we don't want the iPhone 7, but somebody else might. Um, so the first always, always is how do we reuse um, and repair and then from other, other once things are not usable, they're really at the end of their life. Um, there's a process of demanufacturing that happens. So actually things are taken apart and you're separating out the, the, the materials that are inside, the, the metals, the plastics, the glass. And with us, we only use, again, these certified um, downstream partners and they're, they're, they're reclaiming, right? They're, they're figuring out how are we getting the metals out of circuit boards? How are we going to reuse the plastics, et cetera? And on the clothing side, this is... This is, there's a lot of innovation still to be done around the clothing, but the, the, the North Star for clothing is let's figure out how to make fiber out of fiber. So these are processes, people are looking at chemical recycling uh, and actually fiber to fiber, which is, is cutting up the fibers and making them into new ones. But I think, how do we make jeans back into jeans again? How do we make cotton back into cotton again? And so that's, I think, where, where this industry is headed and, and we're going to collect the clothes to help them get there. Great. Um, how do you measure impact at Retriever? Well, the, for us, the real question here is how do we start to move recycling rates? So for us, it's participation. And uh, so we, again, we started in the Philadelphia area here um, and we're looking at, you know, did, uh, participation rates still in the, in the single digits. And the, and the question is, how, let's get these into the double digits. So that's really our, our goal. And, and we also, of course, of course, we also measure pounds and uh, pounds collected and pounds recycled. But but for us, it's really the participation rate because that'll drive everything. Yeah, and um, you know, as we talk to more companies, this part about human behavior and how to change this behavior um, to go beyond just mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. the awareness, but now mm-hmm. it's time to do something. Um, you build technology to reduce that friction and to help mm-hmm. nudge that behavior. What do you think people can do more or the industry can do more or the corporation can do more mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. further accelerate that behavior mm-hmm. change? 
so that every household yep. would know yep. a retriever would pick up the would download the app and would say, you know, this may take me five more minutes, but I this is really important to do. Yeah, I think it's such a great question. That's so key. Um, I mean, the first piece is that right at, at this point, particularly in this COVID moment, we, we are used to making everything come and go from our house f- through our phones, right? You can get food delivered, you can get your groceries delivered, you can send things out. Um, so that we're just trying to get into that flow, right? Uh, you don't have to put everything in your car and go drop it off somewhere. Literally, we're going to come to your house and we're going to pick it up. So that's the first piece. And we're hoping that that, that takes down some of the barriers to participation. On the other side, um, you know, you mentioned the brands, and I think that the and we are in some some deep conversations with some of the big ones here on both sides in the fashion and the electronics world, because I think they're getting <laughs> that the time has come both to one look at the the fragility of supply chains. You know, this is a weird world now. Not everything that's going to be able to come and go from overseas, and how so? How here in America are we going to start reclaiming our our precious materials and start making things new again? Um, and I think two brands are starting to see their, their, their customers want sustainable options. So if you're an electronics brand, what are, what, how are you offering recycling of, of the devices that you're making and that your customers are using? How are you offering recycling? And for years, it's been sort of these uh, semi-pathetic um, mail-in programs that are offered that nobody really uses. And, and Doorstep is interesting. It's interesting to some of the electronics companies of, oh, what, that's actually a way to re-engage with our customers. If we go to their door and say, oh, we, we're going to help you get rid of these things. And, you know, for them, it's an opportunity maybe to replace that item. But it's also, I think, a real uh, sustainability offering that they can, they can push and, and, uh, and get to their, to their customers on. And on the fashion side, too, I mean, it's, people get rid of clothes all the time, obviously. People don't really know what to do with them. So I think the conversations that we're having with brands are around um, using the, the power of their brand, the marketing reach that their, the brands have to one, educate about the, the need for recycling of these and two, incentivize, right? Brands, how, how hard is it for them to give 10% off to, to, um, to help incentivize people to, to be recycling properly? So the, that's, that's what we're thinking of and those are the conversations that we're having. One of the things that you uh, listed on your website is also providing retriever at the municipality level. Mm-hmm. And I find that really smart. Mm-hmm. And having uh, the cities or municipalities um, have more skin in the game and to help you engage with residents because they're on the streets, um, you know, in the communities every day. What would you say to municipalities that uh, may be hesitant or don't necessarily know about this? And mm-hmm. What's the value proposition for them and why should they engage with you? Well, we know that their residents are calling them saying, hey, how do I get rid of my TV? How do, where should I get rid of my clothes? Um, it's different for different municipalities. I mean, the, on the electronics side, the shocking truth is that only tw- in only 29 states in this country is it illegal to throw electronics in the garbage. Toxics be, be damned. It, it, still, you can throw it in the garbage. Um, so for some municipalities, it maybe isn't as much pressure. But for those where it is actually illegal to throw these things in the trash, their residents are calling them and saying, hey, what should I do this? do with this? And even if it's not illegal, there's still people who want to do the right thing by the environment. So I think there's a certain amount of pressure from, you know, just for local officials to say, oh, we need a solution for this. And drop-off locations are one thing, and um, not, everybody, not every community has them. 
But even for the ones that do, I think the ability to be able to say, hey, you can call this company and they will come pick it up and, and, and we vouch for them and we know that they're certified and, and, and doing the right thing. So I think it's, it's just in these times also when, I mean, you, you may not read as much sort of waste dive as I do, but the, the curbside programs for things like um, organics and even to some curbside recycling programs, they're being cut and residents don't, again, they don't know what to do. We are, are not a municipal service, but we can act on behalf of the municipality. Um, and I think that's going to be an increasingly attractive um, thing for them. Yeah. What's the business model? Um, is it the same for the fashion brands, the electronic brands? And uh, who pays for uh, the value that Retriever is adding here? Sure. Um, great question. Well, this is the big question about recycling, right? Who's going to pay? Uh, <laughs> Well, we, so we do charge, uh, charge uh, very reasonable fees right now. So consumers do pay us to, to have their items taken away. But the, the discussions with the brands is, um, again, what incentives can be, can be made or what, how can they in some way cover fees so that this is more accessible for everybody and more attractive for everyone? Because we know that the fees can be a barrier for some people. Um, I mean, in most cases, we're talking about 10 bucks, but... Uh, yeah, I think that if, if brands are really interested in, in helping to move these rates, how do we allay some of that uh, from the consumer and, and have it actually be extended producer responsibility, right? Those laws are called EPR laws, extended producer responsibility. And particularly in the states where, where that doesn't exist, where when you go to buy a TV, you're not paying an extra whatever it is at, at the time of purchase that then helps subsidize the recycling. If that doesn't exist... How can brands step in just if the government isn't going to do it? Um, maybe brands can step in and say, well, we understand that we're obviously part of this problem. Maybe we can help. Right. Great. Um, Kabir, tell us how uh, people can find you uh, on Instagram and website, whether it's to download sure. the app or for these brands and municipalities to have a deeper conversation with your company. Absolutely. Well, it, so we're retriever, but we're missing the last E. So it's uh, R-E-T-R-I-E-V-R dot com is our website. And then we're the real retriever. Again, R-E-T-R-I-E-V-R, um, the real retriever on Instagram. That's great. Thank you so much, Kabir, to share uh, retriever with us and for the work that you're doing um, Kabir so Stokes, uh, CEO of Retriever. The mission is to keep clothes and electronics out of landfill, and uh, you can download the maps and, and start uh, recycling uh, on the curbside. Thank you so much again. Thanks.